Good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for coming on and worshiping with us this morning. This is a little bit different of a setting than we're used to, of course. And I don't know about you, I'm, I'm pretty sad that we don't get to be together. Sunday morning is one of my joys, one of my highlights. But having said that, as I sent out a letter on Friday night, this is one of those I have not been there before moments. This, this whole COVID-19 pandemic is something new for all of us. Countries are literally shutting down. Uh, we live in a world that runs 24-7, 365. The, the economic engines are always cooking with gas. And yet, this little virus has brought certain countries in our own nation almost to a standstill. We're, we're, we're slowing down as a result. And why is that? Well, there's several reasons, but I think the biggest reason is that the medical industry understands that hospitals could become overwhelmed if people just went about and did normal life. And so we want to contribute to the solution with this as a church. Now, we understand that some churches are meeting today and uh, you know, we're with them, we're praying for them. We don't think that one decision is right versus the other. But here's the thing that we need to think about as a world. Everyone in the world is going to go through this together. And as you think about that, you can also think of this, that this is actually a time where maybe we can learn some important lessons. I don't know if you've been looking at the political climate in the last couple of years or even like the world stage, but there's a lot of vitriol and division. And I'm hoping that this coronavirus, this contagion is going to cause people to stop and just think, you know, we are in this together. We live in the same world together. A virus doesn't care about your race or ethnicity or political positions or economic status. No, a virus targets human cells indiscriminately. It, it takes over the cell's replication factory systems, and then it reproduces itself in mass and goes on to other cells and does that again. Now, I know that, that is a little bit nerdy, but I am a biology major, so you need to let me show a little bit of my geek this morning. Uh, but the big point is that we all must go through this together. We can either work against one another or we can apply Jesus' golden rule, which he says in Matthew 7, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. And that's what the world needs right now. In a nutshell, we need to treat one another well, look out for one another. And, and for some of us, that might even mean that we practice quarantine. And that's okay. Uh, the, the big thing is that we do this together. If we stick together, then we beat coronavirus. And if we divide, then we lose. So the question before us as a church family is, how can we be the church right now? Uh, can we be the church when we are not gathered together? And like I said, the world is going through this together. And I firmly believe, and I know from the scriptures, that the church has a part to play. We have an important part to play as the world goes through this. You know, the world always needs you to be the church. They always do, particularly at a time like this. The world needs Jesus' followers to model Christ-like love in sacrificial leadership, to cast hope, distribute hope at a time like this. So I want to outline a couple of 
ideas from the Bible that I think will help us be the church right now. And, and the first point is really simple. Shine the light of hope by trusting in God. Shine the light of hope by trusting in God. So coronavirus is colliding with worldviews right now. And you know what a worldview is. Your worldview is your set of beliefs about reality. It influences what you perceive to be true, how you think, what you even think you know, and how you act. And as coronavirus collides with worldviews, there are going to be different responses. Some people are going to descend into immense fear because they have no hope of an eternity beyond this life. Other people are going to fall into panic and that fight or flight mode is going to take over. And then you're going to see images in the news of people fighting over groceries at grocery stores. Other people might adopt a more fatalistic attitude. Whatever happens, happens. But what is our worldview? Our worldview is God is in control. He is trustworthy and good. And so our ultimate hope does not rest in cures or in groceries. Our ultimate hope rests in God. And, and that's, that's important to decipher this because, yes, we should be praying for cures. That's so important. We, we love human flourishing and we want people to have their needs met. But ultimately, we know that our hope is in God. Everything we are, everything that we will ever be, is ultimately, ultimately it rests in God. I, I really appreciate Psalm 46 when I need to be reminded of this truth. The psalmist says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though mountains tremble at its swelling. Now that imagery there, that is some striking imagery. And it's, it's the, the true emotive feelings that we have when it seems like everything is spinning out of control. You just envision a mountain falling into the sea and the churning of the waters. So how do I respond to moments like that? Well, there's two ways I can respond. There's a, a self-determined way where I say to myself, I've got this. I don't need God right now. I'm all set. Or there's a God-dependent way. And verse 10 tells us what the God-dependent way is. Be still and know that I am God. I love... Um, the Proverbs, and they give us so much wisdom, but there's a, two verses in the proverb that we can take for granted, but they are so important and foundational to life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Now, that's true of normal life, but that's especially true right now. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. So as coronavirus collides with worldviews, the world will need to see the God-dependent worldview put on display by Christ followers. They're going to need to see that in all kinds of different ways. They're going to need to say, see that in the way that you talk right now. 
Do you descend into the panic or, or do you project hope in your conversations? Do you make light of the situation or do you treat it as serious and prayerful? They're going to need to see it in your actions. They're going to need to see it in the way that you love, which brings me to our next couple of points. We need to love one another well, the church well, but we also need to love the community well. Let's begin by thinking about the church. You know, now is the time for us. We've been talking a lot about family here. We wish to be known as a family church. Now is a time to lean into that value. I appreciate what Paul says in Galatians 6.10. He says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are in the household of faith. Now, you might remember that there's a lot of metaphors for the church within the Bible. But this, this family description of the church is not a metaphor. We are not like a family. We are a family. Which means that we need to be a family right now. And what do families do when times get tough? Well, they lean in together. They serve one another. They care for one another. In fact, the Bible gives us all kinds of passages that talk about how we're to live in our life and body together. And, and even if the elders have put us into this limited contact mode right now, that doesn't mean that we can't apply these passages. We can still apply building one another up. I can send people texts of encouragement and phone calls and emails. And, and especially is what Paul says in Ephesians, you, you speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So you're encouraging one another with the scriptures so that some of our members who might be feeling fearful, we're sending them messages of hope. But all of us need to hear God's word. All of us need that. It's also important to care for one another and think about the people within our spheres of relationship and check in to think about the members within our church that we understand to be more vulnerable and at higher risk because of this virus, to comfort one another, to stir one another up for love and good works. How about this one? Pray for one another. You can do that this morning as you have family worship time, or if you're worshiping on your own or calling someone on the phone and having worship, praying for one another. But ultimately, we need to be loving one another because that's what church families do. Our bond in Jesus takes our personal relationships to the next level. We are responsible for one another. And, and I want you to especially know this, that your leaders, your spiritual leaders of the church, they want to be here for you. Um, the, the deacons are in full mode right now. They want to be looking after those who are vulnerable or at risk. The, the pastoral staff team, Chemo, James, myself, Erica as well, we want to be here for you. We're praying for you. We are a phone call away. And the elders, they want to pray for you. So if you have prayer requests or anything like that, send it in and, and they have committed to be praying for you. Listen, church, two things can be true at the same time. The COVID-19 pandemic is a crisis. There's no denying that. But you can also think of it like this. This is a moment for opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to practice the value of family and love that we've committed to one another as members, but it's also an opportunity for us to be the church and to love the community. And that's really uh, the next point. 
Because we're all going through this pandemic together. And it's important that we lead by serving and loving. And, and that I think we, we demonstrate this by holding to our value of generosity that we've been talking about for months now. Because here's the temptation. The temptation is to pull away from generosity at a time like this. The, the Dow just plummeted and descended into bear market territory. Certain items have become scarce. Uh, Grocery stores look like swarms of locusts have gone through them. Panic situations cause people to adopt a me-first attitude. And me-first mode is what will cause all of us to lose in a situation like this. But generosity will keep us focused. Remember, generosity is more than our financial dealings. It involves a way of life. Generosity is the recognition that God owns everything and that I'm a steward of those things. And so God's given me life. He's given me vitality. He's given me time. He has given me certain abilities. He's also given me finances. And so in all of those ways, I need to adopt the attitude of Jesus. And what was Jesus like? Well, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Spend time together this morning and talk about that together. It, it might be important to talk about your fears. That, that actually is very important. But at the same time, start asking yourself How can I move beyond the fear? How can I be generous to someone right now? Do you know someone in need or in help? Maybe at some point you'll need to share groceries with someone in need. As as you consider the fear of the Tao plummeting, ask yourself the question, am I going to be faithful to remain giving? And and we as a church need to continue to ask the question. You know, we, we recently committed as a church, we said, we are committed to generosity initiatives. Is this going to change things? This is really where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? Are we really a generous church? Or are we only comfortable with being generous when times are good? And I I think we're the generous church. In fact, I know that. And I have great confidence in that. Well, you have also received some packets. And in those packets, we've decided to keep things pretty simple. Uh, All the elements of worship are involved there. But we're going to be reading a passage together, Luke 10. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. And as you look at that passage, I want you to see the high premium that Jesus places on kindness and generosity. I want you to dig down deep and and ask the question, how can we be like the Good Samaritan in this passage? Because my prayer all along has been that our church would be known as a generous church. Can you imagine what it would be like if at this time people started taking note and thinking, wow, those Christians, they're kind. Uh, they went above and beyond. They, they were even sacrificial with what they had when I had need. And that's my prayer for us. I, I'm hoping, I'm praying that as we respond to this situation, that people are going to walk away with that image of Jesus Christ in their mind. 
This is our opportunity. This is our opportunity in the midst of crisis. We are united together as a church by the bond of the Holy Spirit, and we get to be the church even while we are not gathering. So maybe the question you have is, well, where are we going from here? And for now, as I said in that letter, we are temporarily suspending worship in our gathering activities, but I promise you that you will receive regular updates because, look, this is a changing situation and we want to be as current as possible and things get confusing when we get too far out ahead of ourselves. And if we don't have worship next week, you can look forward to um, more elements in a worship service that we will be broadcasting so that you can see that and we'll have uh, a time of singing and prayer. We will, of course, exalt Jesus Christ through the Word of God. We'll get right back into Luke and have a full-length sermon with that. But for today, just focus on all of those elements of worship. Pray together. Give together. Read the Word of God together. Enjoy time together in Christ. I just got to be honest. This is hard. It's hard for me. Because I just love being with you guys. But we're here for you. I'm here for you. The staff team's here for you. The elders, the deacons. If you need anything, I want you to call. I want you to call me. I want us to be here for one another. Let me pray for you. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hope, the hope that we have because of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that no matter what happens in this world, whether it be pandemic or some other form of crisis, that the gospel of hope shines forth, is true, is stable. I pray for our church family this morning, Lord, wherever they are, whether it's at home, some of us have been on travel. I ask for your protection. Lord, we think of those who are serving, whether it's medical care, first responders, those who are in leadership in our nation. We pray for them, Lord. We ask that you would protect them. We pray for wisdom. And God, I, I, I pray for our church. I ask that we would be the church as you have called us to be. Let us be the people that represent Jesus to the world. And um, as they see that, that they would see their need for Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.